Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5 by 2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your relationship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. For this episode, we're going to be talking with Paul Meredith, who is the school principal here at St. Peter's, as we're going to be discussing Christian education. So Paul, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Can you get us started off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your role as principal here at St. Peter's? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. As I look down at the sheet, it looks like this is episode 40. You know, I just turned 40 years old, so we'll sit, uh, Sarah... What's the, what's the right word? Serendipitous. Serendipitous. Thank you very much. Yeah, so serendipitous. 40 years old, and I got to tell you, now that I'm on the north side of 40, barely, I'm starting to feel a little bit, you know, just when I get out of bed, when I drive a little bit longer. Have you ever had like a sciatic nerve issue? Like, I, I just all of a sudden, I got this sciatic nerve thing going on. And It's interesting the things that pop up as you get older. Dustin doesn't know about that. He's still a young yeah, pup. Yeah, he is a young pup. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a, a, a quiet time in my life because we are on summer break right now. Now, praise the Lord, hallelujah, we made it through another school year. It was a great school year, but this is uh, one of those times, the months of June and July, where I really try to live in the moment of the quietness of the building. There's no kids running around, there's no staff around, but it's a quiet time. But I just wrapped up year number four at St. Peter's, probably the most normal year that I've been principal at St. Peter's. Uh, You know, the first uh, three years, kind of COVID messed a lot of things up, but I think we're we're rolling back to normal. very, very happy with the way the, the school year ended. It was an accreditation year this school year, and we made it through accreditation with flying colors, so love that. Before you go on, let me just back up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's a quiet time just in terms of the building, not in terms of your job. You're working all summer long. That's right, yeah. So there's a lot of my family ask me, like, what do you do during the summertime? You know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot to do to plan for the next year. We, it's coming up with the initiatives that we want our teachers to follow for the next year. It's ordering textbooks. It's interviewing candidates for open open positions that we have. It's ordering supplies. It is, you know, we are still registering new families and students. And so we have to screen those those families and those students as they come in. So there, there's still a lot to do during the summer. Now, I, I do take a little bit longer lunch during the summertime than, than my normal five-minute stand-up in the cafeteria during the school year. So that's a little bit nicer, come in a little bit later and, and leave a little bit earlier for sure during the summertime. But there's there's a lot to do to, to prepare for the upcoming school year. Tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, so I have um, two beautiful kids, Henry and Walter. They are 11 and 10 years old now. They both attend St. Peter's. My oldest is, is going into sixth grade. My youngest is going into fifth grade. They are both pretty active boys. We we were not a hockey family before we moved to Indiana a couple years ago, but we are, are deep in the hockey scene now. I grew up, didn't play hockey, didn't watch hockey, didn't know much about it. And we moved here and our boys wanted to play hockey. So first things first, we had to teach them how to skate. So we put in some skating lessons for a couple of months before they got into hockey. And, and here we are. Our oldest son participated in cross country and basketball in the fifth grade teams this past year. And then next school year, our youngest, he'll be on the cross country team as well. My beautiful bride, Suzanne, we've been married for it'll be 18 years this summer. Been a, a, a wonderful 18 years. And well, actually what brought us to Columbus was, was her job. So she works at Toyota here in Columbus. And, you know, before this job opportunity came open, I'll have to, I have to say I've, I'd never heard of Columbus, Indiana, but uh, we are so glad and thankful that we are here and that that worked out. That's a little bit about uh, Suzanne, Henry, and Walter. And originally you and Suzanne are from Texas? Well, well, I'm from Texas. Suzanne actually born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. That's where she is from. I was born in Dallas, and we went to college in, in Mississippi, of all places, and that's where we met. Of course, being a, a Texas boy, as soon as we 
We got married. I dragged her back to Texas as quick as I could. We were in Texas for, gosh, let's see here, almost 15 years before we relocated to Indiana after we got married. You didn't come to Indiana for St. Peter's. You came to Indiana originally for a different position, right? Yeah. So we came to uh, Columbus for Suzanne's job at Toyota. And then we moved in October of 2018, middle of the school year. So I was a school administrator down in Texas in the Dallas area. And I did the, the stay-at-home dad thing, which was so nice for just a couple of months. And then I got hired at Columbus North High School to be a math teacher. That's where I got introduced to Nathan Schieffer. He t- taught I don't know, two or three doors down from me and kind of knew my background in school administration. And when uh, the school principal job at St. Peter's opened up, he just popped in my office one day, dropped the job description on my desk and said, here's who you need to contact if you're interested. I'm just going to leave it right here for you. And the rest is history, I guess. And I ended up uh, reaching out to St. Peter's and glad it worked out. So now we have to ask the mandatory questions here. What sports did you play? Uh, well, I mean, obviously being it from Texas, football was, was my number one sport. So I played football all growing up. I, I played in college, but I say playing is, is a liberal term. I was on the roster, but I never saw the field. Did that for a year in college, but uh, football and baseball were my sports uh, growing up. And what were your concentrations for education? You were, you're an administrator now, but you've taught other subjects, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was a, 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 a junior high and high school math teacher for 10 years. I taught everything from seventh grade all the way up to uh, pre-cal in my teaching career. Also was a coach. I coached cross country. I really thought that when I was in high school and college, I thought, you know, maybe I want to be a, a high school football coach. So when I graduated college and got my first teaching job, you know, the athletic director at the school that I got hired at, they didn't have any more paid football coaching positions. And they said, you can volunteer. And I said, okay, well, what, what do the hours look like? And if, if you're if you know anything about Texas high school football during football season, those guys are putting in 80 to 90 hours a week. And I thought, well, maybe there's something else that I can get paid for to coach because I had a, a passion to coach. And uh, that's how I found my way into cross country. For those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm a avid runner, love running, uh, run several half marathons, full marathons, and still continue to run to this day. Well, you beat me to that question because I was going to ask. I thought that you were a runner. A lot of times people see you around the Tipton Lakes area running. Yeah, yeah. So live out on the west side of town, so uh, run through through Tipton Lakes uh, area a lot. Uh, my youngest son also plays uh, soccer with Express, and so a lot of soccer practices up by the Parkside area, so hit up the uh, People Trail quite a bit. And um, obviously the People Trail runs by the hockey rink too, so uh, that's a that's another place I enjoy running. So as well. will you be in the St. Peter's blue and white colors as you're running? or It depends on the day. Depends on the day. Hotter days, you want to wear those lighter colors. And then when it's colder and the sun's being blocked, you know, you can wear some of those darker colors. As we kind of get going here, I think we'll obviously hear more and learn more about Paul as we get going. But George, as say, do we want to Kind of make that transition and kind of introduce, I know we talked about Christian education today. And like I said, I think we'll learn more about Paul through some of the questions. Yeah, so a lot of different times when we're talking about the 5 by 2 discipleship process, we talk about what we do individually and in groups. And one of the things that's important for us at St. Peter's is Christian education. And a lot of people, when we say that, it takes a lot of different aspects. Some of it happens in our school. Some of it happens on Sunday morning. Let's just go into Christian education with the understanding it is where Christians are learning more about the faith, the background, the history, the application. It's the whole process of learning about what it means to be a Christian. So as Paul, uh, as, a, as a teacher, 
Uh, why did you go into education first, and specifically Christian education as you are now? Yeah, thanks. Uh, good question. I think first I got into education. My, my mom's a school teacher. She's a high school special education teacher. I think she's got one, maybe two more years left. But uh, you know, I've always been around schools growing up. My high school ninth grade geometry teacher, a guy named Larry Irk, fantastic guy, and he was one of those teachers where I didn't necessarily feel like it wasn't all about the geometry that was a huge part of it, but it was about building relationships. And, you know, he was one of those characters in my life where you could definitely tell he cared about you as a person and human being and, and growing you as a person to become a better, in my case, better man, young man, as I was only a freshman in high school. But I wanted to emulate that. I thought, man, this guy, he's, I like what he's doing and, and people like him and, and he's making people better around him. And so I wanted to do that. And obviously combined, you know, with being around a, in a school system and a school environment, a lot of my life with my mom being in education, uh, that kind of helped drive me towards that route. And then of course, obviously wanting to be a coach, I wanted to kind of get into the, the education route. As far as, you know, becoming, getting into Christian education, I spent the first five years of my career in public school and then made the transition to a private school and and Christian education it provides there's there's a lot of good things that public schools can do that smaller private Christian schools cannot but there's a lot of stuff that smaller private Christian schools can do that public schools cannot and and that's being intentional about teaching about Jesus on a daily basis and being able to live out your faith and not being afraid to live out your faith. I think if you talk to a lot of public educators these days, some of them may say that they they may be frightened for their jobs or their careers about living out their faith and being vocal about it, whereas a place like St. Peter's, that's celebrated, and we, we, can, we can celebrate the fact that we're living out our faith and being intentional about teaching about Jesus on a daily basis. And, and that is something that, you know, when I made the switch from public school to private Christian education, man, it just, it, it's set my world on fire. And it was, I felt like I could live a fuller life, more truthful life, because like I said, you know, you're in public education, you got to be very careful of, you know, some of the things you say to kids. And uh, just, it's a, and you know, in a way it's kind of sad that public educators have to live like that and on a day-to-day basis. But, and, and there's a lot of great public educators, don't get me wrong, who do a great job at living out their faith. But you have to, I feel like those those people have got to be kind of strategic about that. We don't have this as an official question that we prepared you for, but maybe you could share a little bit with us about your faith journey, you know, because I know that you've shared with me that Christian education for you and your lovely bride is important, that you want that small group, that Bible study experience on a Sunday morning to so you could learn more about the faith. Can you walk us through maybe your faith journey, how you came to be a Christian and, and how you've nurtured your faith over the years? Yeah, I, I grew up with great parents and from... As long as I can remember, you know, they they took us to church every Sunday. Uh, I didn't grow up in the Lutheran church. I grew up in a Presbyterian church, was uh, originally baptized in the Presbyterian church. Uh, I was baptized when I was 15 years old in a a neighbor's backyard pool. Our pastor came over. The Presbyterian church that I was a member of growing up, you know, they, they, they gave... Uh, members of the congregation, the the option, if you want to be sprinkled or fully immersed. And uh, I thought it was important to be fully immersed. And the closest thing to us was a backyard pool. So overcame the the pastor, baptized then. Pretty involved in the youth group growing up at uh, my church back in the Dallas area. I went to a small private Baptist college in Clinton, Mississippi. It's called Mississippi College. Uh, And that's where I met Suzanne. And Suzanne grew up Southern Baptist. The college we went to was affiliated with the Southern 
Baptist Convention. What was interesting when in college, you know, we had to take Old Testament, New Testament, no matter what your major was, math major, biology major, business major. Everybody had to take Old Testament, New Testament, and you had to attend chapel twice a week, which is more than what we do at St. Peter's. We we come to chapel once a week, uh, but we had to go to chapel twice a week. And you know, most I think most people think in college, like okay, it's college. You know, you can skip classes or whatnot. We had IDs, and like they took attendance, and it had to be scanned. And they they were very serious about uh, you attending chapel. And and part of that was, uh, you know, at the time when you're you know 18, 19, 20 years old, it's kind of annoying that you have to like, okay, I've got to scan my card here when I'm going into chapel. But looking back on it, I'm kind of glad they made us do that because we didn't skip out on that. But Suzanne and I, that's where we met in, you know, both growing up in in strong Christian households. Suzanne's, uh, parents have been on many international mission trips. Her her father still travels quite a bit. They've been to Russia, Guatemala, Honduras, several other places. And, and I've been fortunate enough to attend on at least one of those trips with him um, to Honduras on a mission trip right after Suzanne and I got married. You know, Suzanne and I just kind of made it a point when we were when we got married, that uh, this is the the life that we want our kids to experience too, growing up in the church. And Suzanne and I actually joined a Methodist church after we got married. We visited several different churches, you know, where we lived, and really tried to find something that was comfortable where we felt like our we could grow our faith and and uh, raise a family in. And so we landed on a on a Methodist church in the Dallas area after we got married. Moving to Columbus, came into contact with St. Peter's, obviously. And really, growing up, I didn't know a whole lot of Lutherans. There's just not a whole lot of Lutherans down in the Dallas area. You know, you're kind of in that uh, Bible Belt Southern Baptist. There's a Baptist church in every corner in the, in the South. And I really didn't know, I don't think I knew any Lutherans growing up. But here we are in Columbus, Indiana, proud members of St. Peter's. Paul, over the years, I know we've tried to work hard at building a partnership between the church and school so it's not a separate ministry. And at one time, we were even going to get rid of saying church and school. We're just going to say St. Peter's Lutheran. But I know that you've worked very hard at trying to make sure that that school ministry is a great part of the total ministry of St. Peter's. You want to talk a little bit about that? How does the school fit in to the total ministry of the St. Peter's Church? Yeah, so I think if you go back and you look at the demographics of St. Peter's Lutheran School over the last you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, our demographics have shifted quite a bit from our student body— being mostly members of St. Peter's Lutheran Church. But with the with the coming of the school voucher program, it really has opened the doors for a lot of our community members who never thought that they could uh, obtain a, a, a Christian education for their, their children from a financial standpoint has really opened up the doors. And we've had a lot of non-Christians, non-Lutherans come into our school, and that has provided a great ministry opportunity for those those families. Over the last couple of years, especially the last year and a half, I would say, with the with with Pastor John coming on board, Pastor Adam, Pastor Tim, they have been so great and wonderful to work with as it pertains to kind of making sure that the the school and church partner well with each other. You know, it, I, I told my wife the last day of school, our last day of chapel, probably was the best chapel service that we've had since I've been principal here in four years. A lot of that had to do with Daniel Bodeman, like with the music he had going on with with Lindsay Fugel. Just it was a uh, it was an experience. And that night at graduation, I was talking to Pastor John. Pastor John said, you know, did you think that chapel was, was pretty pretty cool? And I said, John, I thought that chapel was amazing. And John said, I know. I called my wife and I said, you know, John says, dude, a lot. He was like, dude, you just missed the best chapel ever. And I looked at John and I said, I did the exact same thing. As soon as that chapel was over, I went out to Carline, 
to direct traffic. And I called my wife and said, I don't know what happened, but that was the best chapel service ever. And and a lot of that has to do with the fact that Pastor John, Pastor Adam just have really come on board and, and really done a great job of ensuring that there's cohesion between the church and school. Did you call your wife, dude? I did not call my wife, dude. <laughs> I did not. I don't know that Suzanne would really appreciate that as much as probably Melissa's gotten used to it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, again, if we really want to be effective, we have to work together, all the different areas of ministry. And, and we've had some great ministry over the years, but it seems to me as a member of the leadership team here that we'd, we've been working harder at not having silos that we're cooperating with each other. We're sharing ideas. We're sharing ministry to make sure it's a total package. It's what we are doing as a church to extend the kingdom and transform lives. So, Paul, as, as you look at, at what we do here in our building, this can't be all of it. You know, you've said it yourself. You and your wife made a decision you're going to raise your children to know Jesus. You look for a church that would work with you on that. I know sometimes there are parents that go, we'll, we'll send our kids to the school, and the, sco- the, co- the school will make them a great Christian. You know, how do you hope— What's your vision for the the partnership that it would happen between the home and the the, the school in helping kids to become strong Christians? Yeah, that's uh you know one of the the things when I when I talk to potential families about St. Peter's, you know we we talk about the 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 benefits of sending your child to St. Peter's. We're a smaller environment than Southside, Parkside, some of those larger BCSE schools. They do great things, but um, you know it. it you enroll your child in kindergarten at Parkside or Southside, and you may have 30-plus kids in that class, whereas you know we will max out our kindergarten classes at 20, which allows our staff to really get to know those kids and their families much, much better, I think, uh, than if you had 30-plus in your classroom. And so our teachers have been very, very dedicated in knowing you know, what are the strengths, what are the weaknesses of of their students, and then really getting to know their families as well, and building relationships, not just with their students, but with moms, dads, grandparents, guardians, whoever whoever's in charge of their students at home, and really speaking into them about what are some opportunities that are available to them at St. Peter's Lutheran Church. And John, Pastor John, Pastor Adam have been very committed to, to walking alongside those families as well. But part of that, you know, it goes back to the relationship that uh, Pastor John, Pastor Adam, Pastor Tim have established with our our teaching staff as well, and being able to 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 let them know, like, hey, this is what we got going on. Let's let's if there's families you know that we can reach out to, or there's families that that you want to reach out to as a teacher and personally invite them to these opportunities, then let's do it. Let's get on board and let's roll. And that has, I think, we talk about partnership, and that's really something that we desire when we enroll families at St. Peter's. We really, really desire that partnership between the school, the parents parents, guardians, whoever they may be, that they they are invested. Because it's an investment you're putting in, in your child. You know, it's it's not just an academic investment, but it should be a spiritual investment that you're putting in your child, too. I want to highlight something you said. We have some great public schools and some great public school teachers here in Columbus, and they are able to do some things, especially with kids who have very special educational needs that we are not able to do. And yet, I've said for years, St. Peter's has the best holistic program. We may not have the best basketball opportunity of any school in the city, or we may not have, you know, the strongest or whatever program, but we have the greatest holistic program because we bring Jesus into every subject. 
And so as we walk alongside what parents are doing at home, we're emphasizing how Jesus is a part of our very everyday life. And, and I see it modeled all the time with our kids. And, and you on staff, uh, as the leader of your staff, you're modeling that for your teachers and for your workers. I can't praise our school enough. Let me bring in, you said accreditation. Well, how did our accreditation report go? Accreditation report came out great. Happy to report that the validation team that was on campus recommended that we remain accredited in good standing. We This school year, we had the, the second highest accreditation score in the state of Indiana, which is something to be very, very proud of. And you know, for a school this large, because we're one of the larger Lutheran schools in the state of Indiana, I'm very, very proud of our staff and our students, everybody who helped us through the, the process. And you know, it's a it's an arduous process. I mean, it's uh, we go through it every five years. You know, during the COVID year, there was a lot of schools who kind of got thrown off schedule. So we were asked with a couple of other schools to delay a year, which we did. But uh, over the last year, putting together our report for the validation team, and our report ended up being over 200 pages long with everything that that we're asked to do improve and so when the team when the validation team came onto our campus in late March they were they were very very impressed with a, a number of things you know in particular with the uh, church school partnership also they were very impressed with our school safety on our campus I mean, it, we've we've come leaps and bounds on on school safety and it's unfortunate you know that we have to have the level of discussions as it pertains to school safety but over the past several years we've been forced to sit back and evaluate you know what do we do to make sure our students and staff are safe on a day-to-day basis Dustin you haven't been able to say much because because Paul and I've been talking a lot but I know that the school worked very closely with you with some of your foster situations is that correct yeah, absolutely. You know, we talk about kind of a, a common phrase in, in foster care is that, you know, it takes a village. And so the school was definitely part of that village for us. And so along with, you know, obviously with the church and yeah, having all those people come around. But yeah, St. Peter's School was definitely a huge blessing to be able to reach out to you know the kids that were in our home and then connect with their families. And yeah, just be able to, to show them the love of Jesus in just different ways. But when the kids in our home, they come here they feel loved and they feel cared for and that, you know, you can't ask for much more than that. Right. And so they feel like the, that they belong here when they, you know, when they walk in those doors and getting hugs from Miss Molly at the front or, you know, whoever, you know, going through the halls, but they feel known and, and they feel like they belong here. And so, yeah, it was, the school was, was huge and, 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 you know, partnering with that. So absolutely. I would say, you know, you talk about transforming lives. I think if you look at the kids that you and Sarah have had in your home, that have come through the school, like their their lives have been transformed dramatically. And it's been such a fun ride to see them from when they came into our school day one to where they are now. I can't thank you and Sarah enough for what you've done for those kiddos outside of school, but certainly here in the school, it's been such a fun ride to, to watch them, them grow. Well, thank you. Yeah, like I said, the school, you know, you and, and Stacy have been been huge in supporting us, and so we thank you guys for that. But yeah, really, it's, it, for us, it's been such a blessing because we've been able to experience that community and that love alongside with with the kids, and we feel loved and cared for. You know, and there's people that just step up and and ask us, "Hey, how can we help?" in all those different ways. So yeah, it's I can go on and on about the you know when we talk about our vision of compelling community, we have definitely experienced that here in the school, from the church, and just in just various different ways. Well, as we kind of wrap up our time together, Paul, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? One last piece of wisdom. I would say that if you are a young family looking for a great educational experience for your child, please come talk to us. You know, we we look at growing all of our kids from an academic standpoint, 
social standpoint, emotional standpoint, but most importantly, a spiritual standpoint. And it is so great every year, I say this, you know, we we wrap up a year, just to see the spiritual lives of my own children. You know, Suzanne and I, we we have sat back and reflected so many times, like the the amount that our teachers at St. Peter's have poured into our own kids, in particular their spiritual lives, and just to see their spiritual lives grow and develop has been amazing as parents. But if you're a parent out there and, and, and you are interested uh, please give me a call at the school. I'd be happy to sit and talk with you to share more about the school, give you more information, give you a personalized tour, and answer any questions that you may have. One last thing I'd like to mention for those of you that may not have school children, those of you that are older, please pray for our school. Get a list of our teachers and, and add that onto your daily prayer list. You know, Maybe take two, three names a day. We do that for opening prayers here at school. The students come in and have a prayer in, in Mr. Meredith's office, and, and they always include a couple kids and a couple of the teachers. Members of our congregation, if you could pray for our teachers, uh, they do a phenomenal job, and it's a very trying job. It's a very uh, worthy job, a very necessary job, but they could use all the prayers that you could give to them. I'll, I'll add on to that. I know we talked about teaching the public school and everything, and, and there's obviously different challenges, but you know, I know we have a number of people that go to go to church here that are public school teachers in our community and do a phenomenal job. And so you may not obviously be able to pray for them by name, but I would say adding them to the list as well is because, yeah, they do have maybe some different challenges, but I think we need people in all different areas, right, to be to be modeling Christian Christian living and to be living out their faith. And maybe sometimes they can't be as, as vocal as maybe they would want to be, but just doing it through through their actions can be, be huge, and we don't know how the Spirit could use that, right? So I think adding them to the list would, would also be, be huge just because, again, you know, they, they don't have some of the freedom we may have here, but, but their role is extremely important. So any other, any other lasting thoughts, George? That, wrap be my, it up. That'd be my last wrap-up thought. Go ahead, All Justin. All right. Well, Paul, thank you again for, uh, for taking the time to join us, and we look forward to continuing these discipleship conversations and hope that the listeners will keep on listening in. Now, go out and serve God and others. Thank you.